cliffcentral.com Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ramon. Welcome back. Yeah, so a new studio. If we sound crisp, that's why. If we don't, well, we, we finally have got that uh, ANC sponsorship we've been waiting for for years. Yeah, they, uh, they've, they've cut funding to uh, some of the people that failed them in recent elections, and, and now uh, we, we, we've got the, the gravy train. Well, we're actually thinking of renaming this podcast to the Mabala Report. Yeah, and all we have to really do is just add some uh, green to our colors, and, and then we're good. Absolutely. Um, yes, <laughs> I agree. Right, so um, now that we've upset some political folk, uh, we're going to spend the rest of the podcast upsetting uh, pretty much the entire uh, Islamic world. Um, well, parts of the Islamic world. But I mean Islamic in a, in a fundamentalist sense, oh, right. not the Muslim world. Um, so... So we've uh, got a great guest on. Uh, our guest today is Isaac Cohen. Uh, Isaac is uh, coming to us from the US. Uh, he is a expert uh, independent terrorism analyst. He focuses on the ideology um, of uh, these uh, foreign fighters and recruits of jihadist groups. So we, of course, are going to be chatting a lot about everything that's happening in Syria, the Middle East, and even some of the terror attacks across the world. Isaac, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Thank you for having me on, buddy. Yeah, great. Uh, great to have you. I'm going to turn your levels up a bit there. Um, right, so lots to chat about. Uh, I've, uh, we came across you on Twitter, which is always a great uh, tool for uh, finding, yeah, finding, people, finding people of like, like-minded uh, thinking. Uh, yeah, so can you give us a bit of a background into... ISIS, uh, where they started. I mean, you know, Donald Trump says that Barack Obama and uh, Hillary Clinton are the founders of ISIS. Uh, so, of course, we know that that is that is true. You know, in, in most ISIS yeah, offices, yeah, that's that's it's patently true. Yeah. So, in most ISIS offices, we'll will obviously, you know, find a, a photograph of of Barack and and, they and Hillary Obama, on, on, actually, just on like the, the China Communist Party. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so, um, but other than that, sort of obviously true fact. Um, where does where does ISIS all begin? So ISIS begins in uh, if you want to go back far enough, Al Qaeda in Iraq. Uh, if you want to go before that, they were part of uh, Sunnah al Islam, which was Zarqawi's first group that he made or joined rather when he uh, in two thousand two. He uh, he ran from Afghanistan because the invasion happened, obviously, and uh, he goes from Afghanistan into Iraq into the northern Kurdistan province area where. There's no governed space, basically. Uh, Saddam Hussein can only govern Sunni areas. Uh, the Kurdish area and the, the uh, southern Shia area were both uh, areas that he could not govern, even if he had wanted to. Um, yeah. And uh, so the the group over there was uh, Sunnah al-Islam, and um, they uh, they were not liked. It was a, it was primarily a Kurdish group, so. Uh, far, women and farmers over there would complain about being forced to wear f- full burqas and stuff like that in the middle of, you know, Iraqi summer heat. Um, it, it had a, always had these ideological roots of implementing this Sharia type system. Um, if you want to go back even further, you can go to Osama bin Laden's Al Qaeda, his ideology, which was um, Qutbism, which is just a, uh, a a very shitty, influential person that really um, messed up a lot of things for us today. But that's where the, this all really runs up to, is uh, Kutub, Osama, and then yeah. um, Zarqawi. So, so um, essentially, the, uh, the, the am I correct in saying the big sort of catalyst that gives ISIS a lot of uh, sort of forward motion is uh, uh, the U.S. goes into Afghanistan, then Iraq, uh, then they pull out of Iraq um, slowly and then quite uh, suddenly. Um, and that that uh, leaves kind of a vacuum. Yeah. So um, to to make that into a shorter thing, uh, we we go into Iraq, then we debathanize or debathifies whatever it's called um, the army 
We, yeah. we, we get rid of all the, the Sunni. We disenfranch- disenfranchise the entire Sunni community to the, the maximum point. People that were making money and, you know, constant stuff like that are just next day unemployed people that have no jobs and no uh, things. So insurgency start, but nobody nobody was committed to the suicide bombing and all that stuff. That came with AQI, which before, before it was AQI, Al-Qaeda in Iraq... Before it was that, it was uh, Tama al-Jihad or something. It's, it, it translates into monotheism and jihad. That was his, his first group after Sunnah al-Islam that he joined. He split. He made his own group. Um, that was aimed at toppling Saddam Hussein, actually. Most people don't know that. Yeah. Um, so these guys were always there, in, in a sense. Um, always a menace. Always, um, they didn't even turn onto the U.S. Uh, it, it, until after, um, like, 2003, because the first two attacks are on the UN and Jordan, um, because they wanted to get it, rid of as many Islamic and Muslim um, people that we had fighting with us as they possibly could. That was the first thing to 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 polarize it. So once you get rid of those Islamic allies, now you just say it's a fight between us and the West, uh, and that makes recruiting for them a lot easier because nobody likes the West. Um, but uh, so once we pull out of Iraq after we've already taken care of the surge. That's when things really become really bad. Yeah, that's that's when everything really goes to shit. <laughs> so, so Sorry, Isaac, I'm not supposed to be cussing, am I? No, you, oh, no, please you do. can please to say whatever you like. We're uh, okay. Free, great, free great. speech uh, advocates, fundamentalists, well, in fact. Um, so, <laughs> so Isaac, I mean, what what is the endpoint of of ISIS in effect? I mean, it's to to create a proto state based on Sharia law. And what else do they actually want? I mean, do they actually want to destroy the West, or is it just about expanding their own power? Uh, they want to conquer. The, the globe belongs to Allah. I mean, it's a very simple understanding. It's written in the Quran. It's written in the Hadiths. It's written in every scripture. The The only purpose for mankind is to worship God, and God made the planet so that you can worship God. So everything on the planet, the fact that it belongs to them. Um, some of the supporters will claim that they only want the land that has ever been owned by a caliphate ever, which basically means Spain, um, parts of uh, Italy, I think, um, all, all these all these areas that are now the moment a Muslim touches it, it becomes Muslim lands. It's incre- It's like a like a virus, apparently. Um, and, uh, you know, not to offend people, but yeah, go ahead, offend people. Figure of speech. Um, so. They, they want this old caliphate, any caliphate that they ever had in, in history of ever is their land. But they've explicitly, the, the best speech, uh, the spokesman for Al-Adnani speaks about how if we pull out of Iraq, they're going to come over and attack us and make us get pay and they're going to attack us offensively. So anytime you hear this, this, you know, stop bombing us campaign, they say it flat out in their last debate. Anytime there's a stop bomb campaign, it's just a temporary truce until they can accrete enough power to actually fight you. That's, I mean, that's all this is. It's, but the uh, Al Qaeda is the same. Al Qaeda focuses on these, um, this, you know, oh, Muslims are being blown up across the world. Meanwhile, you know, they're doing tech fearism on every single Muslim that exists in, in society, just like ISIS. They're no different. Um, Zawahari, uh, approved of a um, of a massive uh, terror attack in the 90s called the Luxor attack, which killed like a hundred and something um, foreign visitors in Egypt. I mean, the Luxor these hotel. people, yeah, uh, these these people are not um, consistent by any logical standards at all. Uh, the, the main goal is to get the entire world under one religion, and Said Qutb's uh, exp- explicit writings uh, say the the freedom of religion and the choice of religion is that you have only one choice uh and that choice is islam so it's it's a very very fundamental type that they take his writings and they and they use it as a as a mindset to help guide their religious views so it's it's religious arguments backed by uh actual like script writings of of real people right uh, so just for the for the listeners the the Dabiq is the um i don't know if it's a, a monthly isis newspaper or magazine that that just Propagates uh, propaganda around the globe, and how how honest do you think they are in that particular magazine? Because uh, we know it's propaganda, but when they say, um, you know, we are fighting the West because we don't like you or you're not Muslim, is that propaganda or is that true? It seems like uh, it's that's, true. That's that's the basis of that. I mean, so it's not like it's 
in 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 practice, it's the last line of like logical justification that they'll use. So they'll be like, oh, well, it's okay to attack the West because they bomb us. Oh, it's okay to attack the West because Guantanamo. Or, okay, it's it's okay to attack the West because they're propping up Assad. Once you've removed all those and someone kills a, a non-Muslim, they, they'll go, well, he was a Kafir. I mean, it's a, it's a very simple, it's just a, it's a priority list of, of things that they cross off. But yes, um, the, I, that doesn't mean... Um, I mean, so like, there's offensive and defensive jihad, and it's really important to explicitly uh, differentiate the two. But without um, exception, for the most part, every single defensive jihad that's ever been like done uh, in the past, like whatever, fifty years, um, has turned into an international jihadist movement. Um, so, to give an example, the Taliban. Uh, the Taliban was primarily just in Afghanistan. They didn't want anybody else. All of a sudden, um, I'm sorry, uh, war happens. They didn't want uh, anybody else to be living there, but they, they accepted foreign recruits. So this was a, de- a defensive jihad against the Soviets where they called on the entire Muslim Ummah and they got about 22,000 people to come over and help them fight. So that those people that are there, they've left their countries now. Most of those countries will not accept them back. Now that's become home base for these people. So all these ideologues that were like, oh, well, I'm going to come and defend the Ummah uh, are, are here, all centralized, all these foreign recruits. Every single um, foreign recruit is, is more or less higher in ideology or higher in um, religious feeling. Uh, it, it's difficult to describe this, but I mean, uh, the Sinjar reports painted a picture of about 80% of all suicide bombings were uh, foreign recruits. And um, the recent ISIS files that leaked out about 3,500 uh, fighters' informations said about 50% uh, were foreign recruits that were doing suicide bombings. So it's um, it's very uh, explicit in, in how that defensive jihad almost always goes into uh, an offensive or international movement where they want to kill everybody, put everybody under Sharia, or, you know, convert to... Three choices. Convert to Islam, run, or die. Those are your choices. Yeah, um, there seems to be... And perhaps a fourth choice, because the the, the big uh, sort of um, magazine that uh, Ramon referred to, uh, Sam Harris did a nice... Sort of oh, de- yeah, Jizya. De- deconstruction sorry, yeah. Uh, of, of it. Yeah, so Jizya in terms of, which as far as I understand is I essentially a, a mafia yeah. tax. Um, you, you get to live under them and they won't kill you. Um, yeah, yeah, you uh, live under them feeling yourself subdued. Until, the, until such a time as they've got nothing better to do and then they will kill you. Is, is kind no, of how not, I get it. No, not if you're Jizya. Jizya is a safety covenant. Okay. In fact, one of the, one of the biggest things, um, so they will not kill you, but I mean, you're going to be paying a tax for existing. It's basically, you're like you're. You just pay a tax, double their tax, double yeah. their zakat that yeah. they pay, um, and you pay that just to exist in their territory. And obviously, they you, will you not would follow you. Sharia Something, law. And, something's and, interesting. If someone kills you and you're under a safety covenant, you are allowed to take the person that killed you and take them to the Sharia courts and get a hundred camels worth of money for blood money. Oh, okay. But you didn't know. That. No, it didn't. Didn't at all. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit for our listeners that aren't, you know, these terms, uh, takfirism, Wahhabism, Salafism. Mm, yeah. Uh, these are all sort of terms that, that, that other people don't know at all. They, they feed a lot into the ideology of what goes on in the Middle East, uh, it's with regards to, uh, jihad and, and all of the political side of Islam. Um, tell us a bit more about all of these concepts, uh, for, assume a listener yeah, is that's, completely, that's and no, it's a really these ideas. question actually, because everybody thinks Muslims are, you know, a monolith in some sense, or that they all follow the Prophet in the same way, or whatever. Um, there are actually relatively peaceful, quote unquote, peaceful uh, sects of Islam that you really you would never have to worry about this person in your entire life. Those sects are Qurani, Ahmadi, and um, and another sect in Malaysia. I forget the name. Sorry, they believe Buddha was a prophet. Okay. Um, so there, there are about three sects that are explicitly you will never you will never find a jihad a Sufi, uh, you will never find a jihadist uh, among those those ranks. It's very rare. Uh, there's two sects that will make a, a jihadist, and that's Salafism and um, and Diobandi. Diobandi is the ones that the Taliban are. Salafism is the poison uh, of the Islam well, and the reason it's the poison of the Islam well is because Salafism is a sect that wants you to follow. Every single scripture that has ever existed, um, 
as long as it's considered authentic, quote unquote, um, follow it to the T. So, I mean, this, this expands to anything the prophet or three generations from the prophet have ever done is canon. So, like, imagine you have Jesus, right? Yeah. Imagine all of his disciples, anything they ever did, you have to mimic too. Then, like, so, like, you can be Judas, right? Like, you can be a piece of shit Judas and still be, like, a good Christian in this in this uh, setup that I'm giving you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is this is the problem is so Salafism has like people like Khalid ibn Walid who did during the Rida Wars, which is the apostate wars, uh, killed Shias, killed atheists, Kafirs, disbelievers, threw people off of mountains, threw, lit people on fire. Um, Abu Bakr lit people on fire at this time. Um, this is when all the bad uh, that this religion has to offer happened. Is it was considered a purge, and it's a it's a very um, there's a reason why Abu Bakr al Baghdadi is named Abu Bakr, and that is because he, this is the first caliph. This is first thing this caliph did mm. was purge the uh, Islamic world of of uh, of deviance. So this is why they're so focused on the Shia. If you've noticed, uh, ISIS they they they've got this real. Um, sectarianism that was stoked by uh, Zarqawi, but it's an entirely uh, scriptural as well. It's not just something that's made up. Yeah. Um, so Salafism follows everybody that's like ever been in Islamic lore, and it covers every single thing of your life. Every single thing of your life. For example, um, it is forbidden to drink from a silver or gold cup because silver or gold is for the disbelievers or those in the afterlife. It's forbidden to eat from a silver or gold plate. It's forbidden to drink with your left hand. It's forbidden to walk into the bathroom without putting your right foot first into the bathroom. Um, you're supposed to say like a special astaghfirullah uh, whenever you enter the, the shower. Um, it, 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 it covers every single component of your life. And mm. it is a lifestyle. It is not a... Um, it, it's a political ideology lifestyle mixed with a religion. It is two things. Um, it, this is this is something that's very poorly uh, researched and well known about. Uh, when when you when you hear about Muslim refugees, nobody bothers to ask them like what their sex are or what what are their personal beliefs. There are some people that these these are the people that are ninety five percent of the jihadist world are Salafist jihadists. Yeah, ninety five percent. So it's th- a stack number. Yeah, so they they would they would spend their time. So it's it's we got a sectarian thing as well with um, Sunni versus Shia, um, and then they would spend their time, um, you know, uh, depicting um, uh, Shias as takfiris because they don't follow uh, the. the Oh, they would do takfir. Yeah, so takfir is when you excommunicate someone, um, which means they're no longer a Muslim, and uh, they do takfir on the Shia because the Shia believe. The fourth caliph, Ali, uh, was supposed to be the first caliph because he's, the, he's like the illegitimate stepson of the prophet. Um, and so they, they, they do takfir on Abu Bakr, Omar, and Uthman, and Aisha, the, 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 the prophet's wife. They do takfir on like four different people. And doing takfir on that as a Shia, just doing that. If, if you were a Salafist and you did that, you would become an apostate by de facto. Yeah. By, by de facto. And that, that is pretty much the worst thing you can be, is an apostate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that is the... that's It's, it's worse than being a disbeliever. Yeah, exactly. You were Muslim, and then... They, they, hate, they hate the Shia because they claim to be Muslim and aren't Muslims. That is the biggest um, thing. So, like, anybody that ever goes into their deen is immediately corrupted with this ideology, and they thought these were Muslims. That's, like, the thing that pisses them off. So Isaac, I mean, just to bring it back a bit uh, to to the political situation, why in in the West are the arguments about whether ISIS is Muslim or not, or Islamic or not? It seems quite superfluous. You could just say they are the the fundamentalist branch of of Islam, like the West borrowed Baptist Church is the fundamental Christian sect of Christianity. Why why are people afraid of calling them Islamic when they because when they you know identify as Islamic? I think the problem is um, there's a real there's a real fight going on in, in the Islamic world right now, and um, it it really is you don't see it here. I mean, you, you won't see it here. 
But if you go over to these areas where there are Salafists, and you go over to these areas where there are, um, you know, a Jordan, UAE, shit's really tense over there for them. Shit's really fucking tense right now. Um, because you have... That, the, the reason, Saudis are the best at counterterrorism for a reason. They know what to look for, and they have the best um, <laughs> infiltration of your liberties and rights ever known to man. <laughs> but, I mean, these guys know their shit. I mean, I hear stories all the time of a random ISIS guy being chased in the middle of night and running through rooftops in the middle of Saudi Arabia. It's not, um, it's not a joke. They, they, foiled, they foil a plot a week, an ISIS plot a week. That is the statistic for that. By a... Uh, fucking what's his name the spokesman for all isis related stuff in the u.s i forget his name um uh, either way i'm not gonna be able to help you yeah yeah i know right um brett mcgurk yeah i'm great look at that (laughs) my job brett mcgurk is his name that's a a, a statement from him in the middle of uh in front of congress um so they're, they're foiling things once a week there and uh, the reason people want to avoid calling it Islamic is because they, f- rightly or wrongly, they do not want to associate that with their religion. Now, I'm not going to call them... In, in order to call ISIS not Islamic, you have to be doing tech-fearism on them, essentially. And that in itself is stupid to me, because if you're trying to fight tech-fearists... Uh, the last thing you need to do is be like, oh, well, just do tech fear on them, and they're not Muslim. Um, I think it's it's very simple to say they are Muslims, but they're just bad people. Um, or, you know, they have, they've taken these beliefs and removed context. Anytime, and that's, this is 100% true. Uh, and, or not context, but... So, what, what Muslims will do to make their scriptures less uh, appalling um, is they'll say, like, you know, the Rida Wars, that was a really bad time. But this is the middle of the seventh century. That's when a lot of bloodshed was happening, mm-hmm. and uh, no religion has any, you know, peaceful orients. Uh, and that was then. The time of jihad was back then. The time isn't now for jihad. That's over. Um, and these guys will be like, "Who said you could put a restriction on the Quran? Who said you could you could require context? Who did did you talk to God? Did God say you were allowed to do this? Like the the um, there's a there's a guy a, a British. Uh, uh, ISIS supporter um, that goes around the street harassing people when, when he deals with this this thing. Uh, they, they call moderate Muslims coconut chocolate Muslims. They don't. It, it's they're very. It's very. They will cut a moderate Muslim's head off quicker than they'll cut ours. I mean, they really. There really is a real tension going on over there. So there, there's a fight between these two groups, and it's hard to fight with the. ISIS uh, scriptural problems because they they require the least amount of work to get to their to their ideology. So it's just like, well, this is what you do, and you just fucking kill the kafir. It's a really simple. What's the problem here? Uh, and the other guys are like putting restrictions in the way to be you know human beings like all the rest of us and actually caring about society and civility and modernity. Um, and so it's it's a difficult thing. It's it's not a, it's not as simple as it sounds. But I mean, you yeah. keep, they are Islamic. Um, you have to you have to be forthcoming about that, and you just have to say that it's the wrong interpretation. It's a real interpretation. You got to you got to give it that. Yeah. It's, it's the wrong. One. So so is the is the big big problem here that you know if we look at the sort of Pew research, is the big problem the numbers? You know, if it was uh, a belief system which existed like you know radical belief systems that exist uh, amongst some christian communities or jewish communities uh, but they're really very small so they, the impact is is is, mm. is almost negligible yes and no i would say the internet plays a, a bigger role now actually if you want me to be blunt yeah because the salafists the reason they go to isis is because salafists believe in uh, a hadith that says if you die without pledging baya to a caliph then it's it's as if you died a pagan. It's as if you died a jahili of death. Um, that hadith means that when a caliphate presents itself, you are obligated. This is an obligation now. So even if 1% of the Salafist community, which is like 29 to 60 million or something like that, even if it's just 1% of the Salafists, it's like 6,000, 60,000, 600,000 people, something like that, mm. um, that's a lot of people that are agreeing with this this ideology. So 
that plays a huge factor is the the amount of people but it's also being able to just freely communicate with other radical uh, jihadists radical salafist jihadists um you weren't able to do this back in afghanistan times Back in Afghanistan times, they had to put uh, audio tapes in Qurans and put them in libraries so that everybody else could hear them. By the way, uh, ISIS has recruited since its inception 44,000 foreign recruits. That is twice as much as Afghanistan during its jihad of 10 years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, factoid. Um, so the, uh, they, they, would, they would put uh, tapes in Qurans and it'd be like sermons from Abdullah Azam and stuff like that. It was much more difficult for them to unify. And they would have like a phone number in there and they would call this random phone number. And if you, if the guy didn't answer, that was it. You were in the middle of Pakistan and you were just kind of fucked. <laughs> um, but now you can you can get into uh, ISIS territory much easier. And if you can't get to one, you can just move to Libya, move to Syria, move to um, Sinai, move to anywhere you want to move to. So so the Internet is, has really democratized terrorism. Yes, yeah. The Internet is, is, is connect, it's, it's hyper-connected, these people. All right. So in terms of the migrant refugee crisis, I mean, you might have an opinion on, on, on how we view that uh, and, and term it. Um, you know, obviously, there are people legitimately running away from um, I suppose this shifts us a little bit to Syria, but it certainly involves ISIS. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they're legitimate people who are, they, their homes are being destroyed and their lives are under threat and they are fleeing that. Um, and then obviously there's the concern around, uh, radical, radicalists who, who want to come into Europe and, and do things like we've seen in Paris and Germany and, and so on. Um, what's your, what's your take on all of that? We should just kill them. <laughs> okay. Uh, who? No. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so, like, my take on the refugees is if it's Syrian refugees, I think they need to be, um, I, need th- I think they need to be vetted and I think they need to be given a real opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm fully in love with the uh, America, bring me your poor, your, uh, your inspired, you know, I yeah. forget the fucking quote. Um, but, <laughs> but. The destitute. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're the largest nation of immigrants in the world. We have 44 million immigrants inside of our 33 million, 330 million thousand um, population. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find that as a source of pride. Um, and I, I love the fact that America is the uh, international capital of the world, in a sense. Um, but I understand people being very afraid of, um, you know, losing their identities because that's that's what's at threat with internationalism is essentially uh you know the uk's is is not a white quote-unquote or you know i don't i don't like it's white's become a derogatory term in 2016 hasn't it it's kind of funny yeah just call it anglo-saxon an anglo-saxon state it's it's an anglo-saxon identity that that existed and had a very large history a very rich Mm. and powerful large history i understand why people attached to it um but i think i think internationalism is inevitable i think um i think it's a good ideology in my my personal opinion as a biased person that believes in it um but i I fully sympathize with people that want to keep their uh their identity and their culture cultural identities and that's the uh the whole concept of israel and that's the whole concept of a couple of other nations hungary does it like that um so there, I mean, there are nations in the world. Uh, Saudi Arabia doesn't even let non-Saudis into the fucking country without a sponsor. I mean, yeah, th- isn't it, kind- isn't the big the big sort of issue around the refugees more that um, people people are are concerned about integration? You know, the, this, this, it's a huge problem because you, you can you can be, be American. Better. Uh, you know, you, you you can be American and and or you can be an immigrant to America, but within ten years. You very much are American, whether you at home practice, you know, Judaism or Islam or Buddhism. It, do, it doesn't really matter. Um, no, yeah, and, and yeah, you, yeah. you're I, very much part I, of the society. Isn't that really the issue? Is that you, people are coming in and almost making like we see in Sweden with ghettos and things. If people are not willing to integrate into whatever society or country that they that they're going to, then they need to be removed. I mean, it is a it is a basic basic concept here. Your laws are not superior to our laws. We have laws here. You follow them, you obey them. Um, we, you do not touch women that way. Uh, you do not get away with groping people. Um, 
and being very touchy feely with people. Um, and I, I hate that term refugees, but, uh, there are, there is a lot of, um, shame associated with women in the Islamic culture. And, um, they're scripturally allowed to do harassful things, um, to women, uh, given a specific sect. Uh, so like you're, you're allowed to touch women, um, but only if they're non-Muslims and stuff like that. What's interesting is the actual cure for this kind of thing is having like uh, a Muslim woman police officer around next to the to the women police officers. Stuff like that w- would actually help uh, civilize these um, people that are not doing that. But either way, if people believe that is an okay thing to do, they need to be just ejected out of society. You don't need these people in your culture, in your society. These are not... Um, People, we, sh- we shouldn't be bending backwards for them. They should be bending backwards for us. Yeah, that's how it works. <clears throat> but th- that's the problem within Europe now. So you have this sort of moral relativism at a political level, whereby, I mean, pe- uh, policemen are afraid of arresting an Asian person, whatever Asian means, it's often Arabic, uh, yeah. because they don't want to be called racist. I mean, you had a lot of scandals. You had the Rotherham rape scandal and the Cologne um sexual harassment or assault scandal and and then what do they do well they don't actually arrest anyone and they actually tell the woman okay just just try dress a bit more appropriately or yeah modestly. yeah or keep it harm's length that was incredible i, mean, I couldn't it, believe she said that i mean why can't they just apply the law enforce it and just eject anyone who's not following that's the law they, that's no that that's that's i think that's the i think this is the problem is uh the the movements that have come to fight this have gone so fucking far to the to the the opposite side of the spectrum as a reactionary um, that people are uh, cringing just as much as they would cringe at the left that's telling people to keep it this arm's length. Um, I think I think politics has become so polarized now uh, that it's made it really difficult to compromise on almost anything, it feels like. How do you... How do you, you, you talk about vetting. Um, I'm going to use your, your one of your presidential candidates as an example. Um, so he's, he's now started... Uh, flipping on 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 immigration and uh he's mentioned vetting uh and he he spoke about lifestyle vetting which sounds similar to to what you're referring to which is see where these people come from in terms of an ideological mindset um if they that's 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 the most show them a picture of their profit drawing and see how violent their reaction is that's that's what you need to do because that's that's what we need to know if if um i'm not asking you to renounce the profit but if I call your prophet X, right, yeah. and I show you a picture of your prophet doing something, you know, morally objectable, uh, there's no reason to do it other than just to do it, right? To just express it, mm-hmm. because we're, all we're doing is just being assholes. But this is our right to be an asshole. Yeah, we're, we're allowed to do these things. Um, so the the only reason to do it is to do it. And if I do it, I need to know that you're not going to kill me for doing it. That's what I need to know. Um, so I, I fully uh, agree with like very very tough uh, you know burn a Quran in front of these people see what happens um, because if if they're willing to put their religious beliefs on the back the back burner right um, and they're willing to assimilate and be you know liberal or classical liberal um, people in our society then i think they're going to uh to contribute really good i think they'll they'll be a good part of our society i think we would want those people yeah i mean that's a problem as a as a libertarian anarchist myself i'm i'm in favor of of immigration in general but there's always something in the back of your mind where if the rule of law is not applied properly uh these sort of people will just create their own their own ghettos as is happening in, in france at the moment, yeah, yeah, no, it's, and it, it is. It's, it creates a lot of so- social tension. However, if you want pluralism in a society, especially pluralism of religion, it can only happen under a secular society with the rule of law, and they must. And, and, and immigrants need to know in that. Countries, the intellectuals in these countries are secular. It's, it's Kuwait. It has so many secular um, uh, people. You can be a, a, a. You can have the most insane religious views and still be a secular person. I mean. Uh, it's speaking to a jihadist. Uh, I've spoken to so many of these IS supporters, and it's the most surreal thing because, like, they're culturally integrated. Like, they understand the concept of memes, and they'll send me like weird, fucking, funny jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, if they had the chance, they'd cut my head off, right? So it's like, what is um, 
what's transpiring here. Uh, and we're able to com- com- compartmentalize things uh, as human beings. And uh, it's very easy to be a Celephist, not want to go... Uh, what's the word? Uh, putting your beliefs on other people uh, or trying to enforce your beliefs on other people. Um, and believe in a secular society. That's not uh, an impossible thing to do. And uh, th- I, th- I think there really needs to be more focus on secularism than multiculturalism. I, I think that should be a basic principle of any free society. Yeah, I, I quite like your sort of, I would call it liberal testing, because essentially what you're doing is, you, is, is you, you're testing the, the um, sort of uh, level to which people will allow uh, others to criticize them uh, you know, to use words and images and, and those types of things. We're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of press, uh, freedom of, of, of expression. Uh, without, without, even though it, 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 they object to it as part of their belief, they'll let it happen. Uh, which I think is, is a, is a hallmark of, of the secular world, uh, where there are other religions who very much disagree with things that are happening, but for the most part, uh, don't, uh, become violent about it. You know, they don't, they don't action. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can be I'm fine. You can be as pissed off as you want. Send a very angry letter instead of an, an of an angry jihadist movement. Like, yeah, that's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. or start a magazine against Charlie Hebdo, or or or, yeah, or try yeah, yeah. or try I mean, get their funding magazine. cuts, exactly. or or something like that. Perfect, perfect uh, rebuttal to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get a, there's there's enough angry Muslims when you do a, a Prophet Muhammad contest. I'm sure you could start a magazine just making a, a mockery of secularism or Zionism or whatever. That we don't care. Yeah. And, and they I, they did do that. They, they had a there was a, a competition. Uh, wasn't there a Holocaust Holocaust denial competition? Um, I think a, there was a, a arts or it competition. Um, and you know people said, well, this is bullshit and wrong, but nobody uh, shot anyone over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, all right. So, where where are we going? What is um, the likely endpoint uh, in the next sort of, I don't know, three five years um, with regards to both ISIS, their sort of caliphate, Syria, um, and what happens with sort of global terrorism? Global terrorism is here to stay. I think that's that's almost. I can say that almost with certain. We'll be we'll be talking about this for thirty or forty more years, easy. Uh, yeah. Until the next ism comes around, um, but ISIS in specific, I think uh, two more years, one to two more years now, uh, and them in Iraq and Syria will be ex- extinguished in, in some manner, at least militarily, uh, or they'll be considered an insur- There's so many variables, or they'll be considered an insurgency. The most interesting thing about the ISIS group is the the the, the longest uh, members in it, uh, people like Al Adnani. Who fought side by side with Zarqawi in Sunnah al-Islam? Uh, this is someone that was there from like day one. So this guy has incredible information, but he's a huge ideologue and very likely to blow himself up. It's Im- almost impossible that we'll catch him alive. Um, if Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi gets killed or doesn't get killed, there's like a whole different set of scenarios that could happen. If he gets killed, what happens to all of the other ISIS provinces is more than likely they're not going to pledge allegiance to the new leader. Uh, unless there's, I mean, it, it's not for sure, but it's it's very likely that they won't, or they'll split off at some point. Um, but if Al Baghdadi lives and manages to get out somewhere, all of them, I believe, will stay pledged to Al Baghdadi, and he might even get more people because he managed to escape away from the Americans and the Kurdish atheist grips grasp. Um, you know, the, all these things build up legitimacy in the jihadist world. It's funny. Uh, one of the biggest problems with, um, just to go off tangent here, one of the biggest problems with uh, the clerics having to, like, reform Islam, uh, heads up, uh, the jihadists don't give a fuck what the, the clerics in Saudi Arabia say. They really don't. They yeah. care about what jihadist clerics say. Uh, and there is a whole list of jihadist clerics, uh, one being al-Makdisi, who had some Islamic legitimacy, until he got pulled out of jail in 2015 or 14 to do uh, negotiations with um, ISIS for the pilot, that uh, the Jordanian pilot, uh, and then he started doing these like slanders on the Islamic State, and the Islamic State wasn't having it. That's like your Islamic uh, jihadist credentials were just gone overnight for this guy. Um, so th- it's jihadist clerics that have the the world of reforming. I don't know. 
if people know this or not, but jihadist clerics aren't known for reforming jihad in a good way, in any shape or form. Um, but moving back, so uh, ISIS, I think, will be gone in one to two years. Um, if Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi lives, the, all the provinces will stay to him, maybe get bigger. Uh, if he doesn't live, it's very likely they're going to split. Uh, they'll probably revert back to whatever they were, local jihadist groups, or um, back to Boko Haram, back to uh, the w- one of the interesting jihadist groups in, in Malaysia or the Philippines, um, Abu Sayyaf, was originally an al-Qaeda uh, jihadist group for 13 years and pledged allegiance this year to ISIS. So I mean, there's this real, real like reality of ISIS being able to sway really really large jihadist groups. Yeah. I mean, it's because of this caliphate ideology. The fact that they've said the caliphate is now, and they've shown it, it, it exists. Um, that has super, super shock, super, uh, super jolted their, um, their recruitment. It has super jolted everything. It supercharged everything in, in the Islamic jihadist world. They got 6,000 recruits in the first month when they declared uh, the, the jihadist um, caliphate in, in June or August, June 20th, I think, or something. They got 6,000 recruits that month. That is an insane amount of recruits. They were averaging at about 2,000 recruits every month and then uh, just recently tapered off to anywhere from two to 600, I think, is what the Mm. guesstimate is right now. Um, So, I mean, these these groups, and to give an example, AQI at its height was getting 150 people a month. That was like, woo, holy shit, 150 <laughs> people coming, we're fucked. That was like a big deal. Um, so, so, Isaac, yeah. uh, just a last question on, on ISIS for now. Is there anything that the West can do militarily? Because it, it sounds like, from my, from what you've been saying, it, it sounds like a bit of a cult, and, and the idea of that cult is what matters. And yeah, can, yeah, can you destroy, with and can you destroy that idea with with bombs and military action? Um, it's, no, um, no. So I don't if think you so. want to, if you want to shell shock the jihadists out of this, um, the best you're going to do is show them the truth. And the truth is, ISIS kills Sunnis all the fucking time. They don't believe those claims without evidence um, because they're jihadists, and they're going to take the jihadist word over the kafir's word. Um, and even then, when you have the evidence, like video of it, they're going to doubt it. They're going to say, like, it's doctrine. This isn't real. Daula wouldn't do this. Daula means state. Um, Daula wouldn't do this. Or uh, this, these, these, these fighters right here, they all need to be charged and held in, in Sharia for punishment. I mean, I mean, these people, these are rational human beings. Okay? These aren't, these aren't idiots. These aren't, um, there's a great study done that shows, like, jihadist groups all around the world fucking 300 out of a sample size of a thousand were engineers i mean it's not like these people are fucking idiots these people are really smart um some of which aren't smart some of which are smart but the average isis fighter is a blue collar worker according to the isis files 3500 recruits um the average isis fighter has a higher education than a uh, high school education and 30 percent of them have college education um so i mean it's it's not like these people are idiots the only way you're going to get these people out of this jihadist turmoil is to sear their ideology, show them Venezuela for communists, you know, um, right. show them the, the failures of their society. Uh, and that will really, that'll, that'll do two things. One, it's going to say, Oh, well, just like communism, I need to be a realist about this. There's going to be no perfect communist society. I just need to get a society that's like the society I want and accept it with its flaws. Or um, you're going to make them move to another jihadist group. That's all you're going to do. But uh, the, that's that's the only way you're going to delegitimize them. And it's it's a great point. How how many people, when they immigrated to the Soviet Union, did you think people were like, well, maybe maybe he had like a really shitty family that beat him, and he doesn't know what socialism is. Like who the fuck? Nobody said that. When you when you joined the Soviet Union, people knew you either agreed with socialism or communism. It was a very you didn't, you didn't just leave America to go to the fucking Soviet Union for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so when it's foreign recruits, and it's very important to differentiate between foreign and local, because locals are oppressed. Locals have their sheikhs, uh, leaders, tribal leaders. Their heads are on a pike on day one. Uh, it's, it's you know ruling by fear uh, and ruling by subjugation. 
Um, but the foreign recruits are ideologues all the time, very often, 80%, 90%, are going to be people that agree with the Salafist jihadist ideology. And uh, there is no stopping that kind of thing. It's why ISIS has three times the amount of recruits from America than Al-Qaeda has ever had. And it's because they focus and they highlight that Salafist jihadist ideology instead of trying to scrub it out like Al-Qaeda does. Al-Qaeda does it like, we're so shitty, we're so poor, we're so bombed. Uh, ISIS is like, we're going to fucking cut everybody's head off and we're going to put it on fucking YouTube. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, my main concern is, you know, you talk about show them that it doesn't work. Unfortunately, we're trying to rationalize people who believe in, you know, deeply in religion uh, and deeply in these concepts of, you know, for instance, paradise after death. Um, and it's... It, it's it, it, one of those Dabiq articles actually showed it perfectly. That that one with the 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 woman who had moved, I think, from Finland or or, or one of the very nice yeah, Nordic yeah, countries, yeah, who who had a great life, and her son was subsequently subsequently killed there. But she even says it. She even says that they don't have basic amenities. But it's great to be there in the sweltering sort of heat um, of the desert uh, because yeah, no, of no, her they belief. Love it. This is. I mean, you're living like the prophet. What more do you want in life? Yeah. Are you better than the prophet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you want to say that. Yeah. It's not a good idea. All right. So just on Syria quickly, um, assuming ISIS kind of goes away, what happens in that Syrian conflict? Uh, is if there Assad's still left there? Someone's going to take over it. Someone, something like ISIS, something. Someone else fighting against ISIS. Assad. Someone is going to take over it. Yeah. Someone that's worse than Assad. And if we polarize. Uh, large enough to where the rebels all feel like we're against them and we're not going to give them any aid whatsoever, they'll just unify. Why the fuck wouldn't they? They'll just unify and and, uh, attack Assad and fuck you whenever they take over it. There are more rebels than there are Assad soldiers. And if if Assad goes? What happens to Syria? Does it become Iran? No, maybe. But um, I think think we really need to rationalize and be logical about this Syria is dead and Iraq is dead and we need to accept that and we need to get the fuck over it and prepare for what's coming after. Um, Syria will be split into three and so will Iraq be split into three. And if it isn't split into three, you're more than likely going to face an endless war conflict. This is like you're attempting to put Palestinian and Israelis together now because this has been five years of sectarianism or three years if you want to start from 2013, 2012. um, uh, Sectarianism that has fractured the fucking lines of um of of the Middle East. It's completely uh, changed the paradigm. It used to be about na- nationality and ethnicity. Now it is about sect and religion. It is Lebanonized the Syria and Iran or uh, Syria and Iraq. Mm. Uh, these areas will not be the same ever again for maybe a hundred and hundred and fifty years before you could have like an ethno state again. In my opinion, at least. Yeah, the only good thing that might come out is that the Kurds have their own country, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, they will, but uh, unfortunately the YPG is going to be attacked almost immediately upon inception. It's going to be like the South Sudan. No, I agree. All right, Isaac, I mean, just moving on uh, briefly for the last few minutes, you have started a campaign on Twitter about male guardianship of Saudi women. So you have a podcast called the the Jihad Complex, is that right? That's correct. All right. And and your latest one is about stories you have received from women in Saudi Arabia who describe how their lives are due to this male guardianship rule that they have in Saudi Arabia. And the podcast is absolutely heartbreaking when I heard it. So tell us us a little bit more about what this guardianship is about and why is it a problem? Um, So male guardianship is possibly... <laughs> what's a what's a way to define it? Imagine being born and um and every decision in your life, like whatever you wanted it to be, is just like it re- it, it has no influence. So like imagine you're on a roller coaster ride and you're like, "Oh, I hope we turn left." "Oh, I guess we'll just go right." That's cool. Imagine that every day of your life, for the rest of your life. It, it's 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 like having a mind but not having a body, like your body refuses to work with your mind. Um, they strip complete autonomy from women. And by complete autonomy, I literally mean complete 
autonomy. This isn't like a, you know, a hyperbole. Um, these women are unable to get passports and get national IDs without male guardians. They are unable to leave the country in any shape, form, or fashion through the borders, through the air, through the water, through the fucking flights. Nothing. They cannot leave without permission, and then secondary permission given after that permission. So you get you give permission. Now you have to send back a text from the airport to say, "Yeah, I'm giving permission." I mean, they treat women uh, in a in a manner that makes property look almost better. Like you almost wish they treated women as property because they're treating them so much worse than property right now. Yeah, you made the analogy um, of. Like a woman is like a pet, right? Some people, yeah, yeah, like, some people like love pet. their pets, and yeah. some people really don't give a shit about their pets. And and, and some people like when their pets uh, shit on the carpet and didn't listen to them, um, they just put them in a cage and they beat the shit out of them until until the dog loses a couple ribs, or um, when the dog doesn't eat the treat off of its nose, they'll throw it in the cage for the next month and take away every privilege that they have. So, you know, no traveling, no education. You can't get an education without a privilege. You can't go to work. If you go to work without permission, I can call you a runaway, put you in jail, and guess who has to be with you in order to get you out of jail? Me. So I can leave you in jail forever. Period. Not a joke. Not a hyperbole. Literally, I can leave you in there forever, let you rot and eat shit food for the rest of your fucking life, and let you die in there. Well, that's what King Abdullah did to his own daughters, right? They've been in jail for the past 15 years. Really? I didn't know that, actually. Oh, don't, don't, you, don't you know? Yeah, go, go read up on King Abdullah, who passed away uh, last year or the year before. Uh, no, four of his daughters have been in prison for 20 years, or 15 years, I believe. That's insane. Yeah, I'll look that up. If that's true, oh man, I'm going to have a fucking blast today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I've also seen a lot of this. Obviously, the entire... The, the smaller things that people know about in the West, uh, women can't drive uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, women, uh, you know, have to be accompanied. This is all fits into this guardianship thing. So you don't get to uh, kind of have any access without a man say so. Uh, and I saw actually, I think it was a clip you posted where a woman was in a uh, shopping for groceries and, and she kind of didn't get out of the way of someone quick mm. enough and he just kind of beat her down. Um and carried on walking as if it was like a normal thing. Yeah, um, he did get arrested. So let me clarify. That's not um, that's not rare, but it's not uncommon. But it's certainly frowned upon that kind of abuse, like a, uh, the uh, direct, open abuse, not in your house. Yeah, basically. direct hit in the face. They people people will do stuff. They'll arrest you. They'll they'll you know do something. If it's your guardian that does it, though, it's different. You're not allowed to intervene if the guardian does it. But you can you can move them to you can move them away from each other. But you can't like hit the guardian for hitting his wife. You can't hit the guardian for hitting his, his daughter. Um, you can actually go to jail for doing that. It's just kind of funny. And the ironic thing about about this male guardianship thing, it, it's, not, it's not actually Islamic, right? I mean, the, the, the no, no, not 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 the, by Scintilla. The, the prophet's wife was a businesswoman. She was autonomous. She did her own thing. She was, she was a incredible businesswoman that yeah. funded all of Muhammad's fucking adventures. Exactly. So, so, what is the point of this ridiculous law in Saudi Arabia? This law was made in 1934 or 1932, and it's it's. I can't think of another reason for it other than to use it to extort women sexually for favors or to have control over women in a, in a manner that's unprecedented. Um, it's really easy to have four wives when your four wives can't leave home, can't fuck another dude, can't leave the country, um, and, and the, her daughters have to stay there too. It's really easy to, to subjugate and, and turn women into subordinates, into if you want to live, you're going to do this. If you want to die, you can kill yourself, and I'll just say, you know, you had a heart attack. What's your choice? Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. So you've started a you've started a movement uh, to try and uh, I assume bring awareness. <laughs> just I, I, just to clarify, I didn't start it. The girls started it. Luckily, um, I just helped them as much as I can because I think the the the, uh, the global community really needs to understand just how um, oppressive this. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is real feminism in 2016, as opposed to the stuff we see on college campuses in the US. Yes, yeah, exactly. All right, last last thing from me is um, just some opinion on 
Israel's status in the Middle East and 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 oh fuck you guy, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, also specifically with reference to Iran, because uh, you know you guys have just done a deal with Iran, or a little while ago, paid them a ransom and 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 uh, and then uh, said that they could have. I don't know. Of they course, could have yeah. nuclear. They could have nuclear uh, processing, but they can't build weapons. But that's only for twenty years, and then after twenty years, you it's can okay. have a squirt gun. Just don't put like cyanide in it. But we yeah. won't look if you do. Yeah. So, so, but the truth is, is that Iran was a very advanced country. I think in some respects it probably still is. Uh, but if we go back, sort of before the revolution, it really was, in terms of the Middle East, it was a country where. There was a lot of uh, technology. There was a lot of development. There was a lot of education, um, and and liberty actually. Uh, so, is there any chance, in your opinion, we go back there, um, or does it just get more uh, restrictive and, and continue under sort of Ayatollah and, and the, you know the, the, those ideolo- ideologies? Um, what do you mean by go back there? So I'm, I'm just wondering if there's any chance it gets back to a secular environment, in your opinion. In uh, in Iran? In Iran, yeah. No, Iran's fucked. Iran's <laughs> completely fucked. Uh, the IRGC is the one that benefited the most from this nuclear deal. It's legitimized them. It's given all the money to them. The private corporations aren't touching it. It's like fucking... The only corporations that are getting it are the, the largest corporations, which, guess what, are linked with the IRGC. Uh, the revolutionary ideology is a cancer in the Middle East, fueling sectarianism um, that makes sectarianism uh, a part of politics over there. Um, give you an example. The other day, they killed 47 uh, Sunni Kurds, both Kurd and Sunnis being oppressed at the same time. Was there a single media uh, outlet talking about this? No. Uh, but Saudi Arabia killed 50 Sunnis and one Shia. His name was Sheikh Nimr al-Nimr. Uh, and you could not change the channel without sectarian Saudi act killing, you know, the fucking Pope of Sheikhs. Um, so it's, it's, it was, it's ridiculous, the double standard that's going on. Iran is fueling sectarianism like nobody's business, and nobody cares because they're not paying attention, because they think if you're not wearing a turban and living in a cave and fucking a goat, that you're not a jihadist. Well, that's bullshit. You can be a destabilizing piece of shit like Iran. Um, they thrive off of, um, off of off chaos. of instability and chaos, yeah, but not not full not full chaos. So ISIS thrives on chaos. Iran f- f- fuels off of like things like the Palestine conflict, mm. where it's where it's it's very everything is so fucking tense. That is what they need. They they need they need that tense uh, setup so they can get groups to to take up arms for them in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia. They want to split Saudi Arabia. And if they do, it'll cause a real civil war, a real civil war, because all the Shia areas are primarily where the oil is. You're not going to just give up your entire country's economy because of Iran. Um, Iran needs to keep its treatment for Shias inside its own fucking borders and stop thinking they are the uh, grand matriarch or patriarch of fucking Shiaism around the world. Hmm. Okay, you're not going to touch Israel? Uh, I'll touch it. Um, I believe in a one, two, or three-state solution. One-state solution with binational rights. Um, I believe in whatever solution needs to be made. I don't think you're going to be able to preserve the Jewish state if you do a one-state solution, but I really don't care. Um, I think if you want a two-state solution, you're going to need to get all your fucking settlements out of the West Bank. And I've got good news for you. I think you're going to get Golan Heights. So maybe move all your settlements the fuck over there so you can get a two-state solution and uh, get the fuck over this. I mean, this is childish. This is pedantic at this point that this that this solution hasn't been solved. Um, it's it's uh, just a, a massive pissing contest with these people. I don't know why. Um, that's called, and then, that's uh, called politics, that's, Isaac. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and then three-state solution is really awkward and kind of fucks over um, West Bank. But, I mean, fuck you. I guess you got Jordan. Good luck. I mean, yeah, I don't so care you get, what... you get Gaza, West Bank, and then Israel each is their own countries. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't care what the solution is, but it needs to be done. And wh- why not do it? Why not? Just get get the fucking international community to talk about something else. But, but it was not tired. It was a ninety nine where they had the opportunity to do this. Um, they it sat was, down. Was, I mean, it's been denied every time. You know, uh, 
the the Palestinians have refused it so many times, and I understand that argument. But fuck them and fuck Israel. Make them do it. Just make them do it. Make it a mandate. Make it. You mandated it before. Mandate it again against their will. Who gives a fuck? What Israel's <laughs> going to do war on the U.S.? What are they going to do? Fuck! It's 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 absurd. Um, either solve it amongst yourselves, or you got two years till the mandate happens. Good luck. Yeah. Oh, well, interesting, interesting views. Uh, I think we got to call it there. Indeed, Isaac. Well, well, thank you, my man. I mean, that was fantastic. Um, thank you, guys. Hopefully, hopefully, the, the people over in the southern tip of Africa will now have an actual opinion on ISIS. Informed opinion. Nice. An informed one. I didn't yes. know you guys lived down there. I, I couldn't tell what your accent was from Australia or Britain. Oh, so. no, no, we're uh, we're uh, we're African, man. We're in Johannesburg. That's great. Uh, I know uh, an analyst over there, Jasmine Opperman. She's really great. You guys should check her out too. Will do, will do. Um, all right, so thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to find Isaac, you can do so on Twitter. He's at R-H-W-C-O. Uh, that's correct, Isaac. Yes, sir. Uh, and then your podcast as well, which is the Jihadi Complex uh, on iTunes. People can just search for it. Uh, weekly, you're releasing weekly now, hey? Yeah, yeah, I need to start releasing again. I stopped after this uh, the Saudi Guardian campaign, but I plan to resume it very soon here. Yeah, so weekly stuff uh, and nice summaries about lots of stuff happening all over the Middle East and, and Europe, really. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, cheers. Um, take care. R- Ramon, that's uh, insightful stuff. It is indeed. It actually, the ability for Isaac to just simplify things to like the most basic degree. These people are just ideologues, right? So deal with them as ideologues. Don't think they're not Islamic or they are Islamic or they are a, a warped version of Islamic. They're just fucking ideologues. So deal with them in that way. Same thing with Israel. Get over it yourself or we'll do it for you. Like stop pissing in the wind. Yeah, they may have, a, they may have an alternate view on that, but, uh, Independent countries and all that. But uh, good. Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed that chat. Uh, should we call it a day? Indeed, let's do before we get kicked out once again. <laughs> so uh, this has been the Renegade Report. As always, we'd like you to uh, tell your friends about the show. Uh, just uh, go onto their phones when they're not watching and download it. And, and thank you for your support. we number four in the country now under news and politics uh, in terms of downloads. So we're doing exceptionally well. And thank you all for actually listening. Yeah. Renegade Report on Facebook, Renegade underscore report on Twitter. Uh, you can find Ramon and myself on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll tell you the, the uh, handles if you don't know them next time. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Cliffcentral.com